Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Visitor's Bullpen. I'm Matt Wyerkuth, alongside my host, Kevin Haswell. Kevin, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, we have a special guest today, Bennett Conlin. Excited to have him on the show. Uh, kind of the forearm king around, this, around these towns. Um, but yeah, he knows a lot about baseball, and we're excited to have him on the show. Yeah, ex- excited to be here. I know a lot about baseball. I'm kind of a genius, and forearms are my specialty. That is extremely accurate. All right, so looking at some of the biggest topics going around baseball right now, everybody's talking about Aaron Judge and Cody Bellinger, the top two players in home runs leading their respective leagues. Uh, let's start with Judge. We'll go to you, Kevin, first. Does is Judge's start has been nothing short of phenomenal. He's an MVP candidate. Do you think this is something he can sustain moving forward? Uh, I'm not sure. See, the numbers, last year he struck out 44% of the time and only walked 9% of the time. He's improved that tremendously this year, uh, striking out only 29% of the time. But that's still a concerning number considering the rating is considered awful by uh, fan graphs. Uh, he is walking a little bit more, which is uh, which is nice to see at 15.5% of the time this year. So he has made adjustments at the plate, obviously, uh, hitting 335. But I, I see a slump between now and the end of the season. I mean, we're talking about baseball, one of the most up-and-down sports there is. Uh, I think he regresses a little bit the rest of the way, but still finishes with a batting average a little over 300 in between 35 and 45 home runs. What are you thinking over there, Bennett? Well, he's built like a Mack truck, which certainly doesn't hurt him. When you're 6'7", 280, look like a defensive lineman in the NFL. No, but I mean, he's really talented. I think he'll, I agree with Kevin, that'll go into a little bit of a slump. I think he'll lead the league in home runs. I would stick with that for the American League at least. Um, but as far as batting average and RBIs, I do think he'll kind of tail off a little bit. You'd think there'd be a slump in there at some point. You know, sabermetrics do say that uh, Judge is due for regression. His batting average on balls in play, which indicates your level of uh, luck, league average is about 300. He currently leads the league in that category, 431 BABIP on the season. That's 19 points higher than Miguel Sano at number two. And then his home run to fly ball rate, which the MLB average is about 14%. He's cruising at a 41% home run to fly ball rate right now. So he's definitely due for some regression. But at the same time, look at it this way. Judge has seen over 1,200 pitches this season. 30% of those have been fastballs. Some comparable all-stars right now. Bryant sees 34%, Stanton 35 Harper 37 and Trout 46 Okay, Fastballs, easily the easiest pitch to hit. Uh, in terms of obviously you're going to see it the most, but the fact that Judge is seeing less fastballs than his fellow All-Stars and he's still mashing as well as he is, I mean, that in itself is telling you that he's seeing the ball so well. He's hitting curveballs, breaking balls all over the place. You know, you, th- this is something that you don't expect to see out of a rookie at all. He's, he's making adjustments as they go. The league's adjusted to him and he's adjusted right back. So looking forward, I mean, there's absolutely no reason to think that he can't keep up these unsustainable numbers. It, it definitely helps that he plays at Yankee Stadium uh, with the short right porch. He's, he's proved multiple times this year where he can hit the ball the opposite way, um, being able to hit the ball all over the field. So it'll be something to watch. And looking over at Cody Bellinger in the National League, he's been a guy to yeah, watch were, too. I mean, hasn't played as much, but is still hitting as many home runs. Just um, tied Gary Sanchez for the most home runs through your first 50 career games. I mean, coming out of the gate, you don't expect to see something like that at all. Bennett, what's your take? Well, this isn't as much factual evidence as you guys have, but I saw him play the other day, 
Aaron Judge, we mentioned, he's built like a Mack truck. Bellinger hit one. It looked like he swung as hard as anyone has ever swung a baseball bat, and it went like three rows deep. So I don't know as far as how much he hits the ball compared to some other guys, sort of the speed he has on that exit velocity, that kind of stuff. But I think a regression there for him would make more sense, and it was average and significantly lower than somebody like Judge. So I think those home runs at some point will kind of taper off. I think he'll have a great season for sure, but I don't think he'll lead the National League in home runs at the end of the year. No, I think the National League is a little too stacked, to be honest. Um, you've got guys like Harper, Stanton, or even Brian Zimmerman mixed in there, Eric Thames. Too many names, really, that yeah. kind of stand out to you for a guy like Bellinger. I mean, you even look at the All-Star ballot right now, and at first base, it is stacked. He might not even make the All-Star team at this point, and that's just, just crazy, the fact that he's leading the NL in home runs. So, yes, I do think that he'll slow down a little bit. While I don't think he's going to tail off too much either, he's definitely not going to be leading the league in home runs by the end of the year. Kevin? Yeah, I think uh, the league's going to adjust to him. He he's sitting at like a 260 average right now. I could definitely see that falling below 240. I'd actually place a bet that it would fall below 240 by the end of the season. Um, but I still see 30 to 40 home runs out of him, not leading the National League, of course. But <clears throat> but the another concerning thing is when I looked at his numbers, he strikes out almost just as much as Aaron Judge does, which uh, will lead to a regression later in the season. So. Um, but it's kind of cool that we have two up and coming stars, both leading their representative le- or both leading their leagues in home runs. Um, kind of reminds me of like Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire, not different leagues, but with the excitement it's brought to baseball with the players hitting home runs and fans getting excited over it. And it's, it's awesome that these two guys are rookies as well. Yeah. This, this youth movement over the past few years has been fascinating to see starting with Harper and Trout coming in in 2012, and then you had the wave of Bryant and Correa. Machado got mixed in there, and now you've got Cody Bellinger and Aaron Judge. I mean, this is this is exciting for the sport. It's it's kind of been this shift from the few years prior when all the veterans were kind of leading the way. Now you're looking at all these young guys making the All-Star teams. These some of the youngest rosters in history of the sport is winning the World Series. You just got to look at the Cubs. So. Uh, it's exciting. I love it. It's They're fun players. They've got a lot of emotion, and I think that's good for baseball too. So I can't complain about all this stuff that we've been seeing out of them. But unfortunately, not every story is a happy one. You look over at the Boston Red Sox, who invested a ton of money in Pablo Sandoval after he won the World Series with the San Francisco Giants in 2014. Bennett, what have you seen out of Sandoval the past few years, and do you think he's going to be worth it, and should the Red Sox even stick with him at all? He hasn't done much of anything, which has obviously been really disappointing. And then with the weight issues, those have been another concern. I saw a quote from Dombrowski today that said something along the lines of, he's done everything we asked him to do, and he stayed in great shape. I don't know if they asked him to get in the shape of a bowling ball, but if that's what they asked, he's done that pretty well. So it's like, I don't know what really they're looking for out of him, but he hasn't done much of anything. Yeah, Kevin, he's he's owed $42.2 million through 2020. That does include a $5 million buyout for that 2020 season. They do have a $17 million team option if they choose to exercise it, but at this rate, they definitely won't be. So with how much money that he's going to cost them, is it they're not going to be able to get a trade. Is it, at this point, do you just drop him? I think, I think it's time to get rid of uh, Sandoval. 
they've invested a lot of money in baseball with all the guaranteed money. Uh, you're going to pay him regardless if he's on the field or not. So you might as well just cut him, pay him his money, and you got to. There, there's got to be a better replacement out there uh, to play third base for the Red Sox. I mean, he's in 212 with four home runs, and he's striking out a ton. Uh, his WAR is a negative, a negative WAR by far the worst of his career. Uh, the last time he was over one was 2014 season. Um, he brings value in the playoffs, but the way he's hitting in the regular season, I, I don't see him being on the roster in the playoffs. Um, it's just time for Boston to cut ties with him. No, I mean he's now on the DL with an ear infection, as uh, they've called it, but it probably is a phantom DL stint with the way he's been playing. And a forgotten fact in all this, he's a horrible defender. I mean, the guy has the worst range of any third baseman in baseball. He's not able to move around as well as he had in previous years. So he doesn't provide that. He doesn't really provide any value from the right side of the plate. He is a switch hitter. Um, the only time you're really going to get him in the game is when he's there's a right-handed starter on the mound. And I mean, that's not going to happen every every game. You're going to have lefties, and the fact that you have to platoon a guy that you're paying twenty upwards of $20 million is downright pathetic. So, yeah, they're in a bind. They're really not going to be able to find a buyer for him if they try and move him at the trade deadline um, with how much money they own. They'd have to eat a ton of that cash, and even then, I mean, who's going to want him? It would be like having invested in Ryan Zimmerman after the last season. I mean, he's only just over 30, so he's definitely got some upside um, for the rest of his career, but with the way his trajectory has gone, he's had multiple deals since this year, missed almost all of last season, last year. I mean, there's just little to nothing to really like about him moving forward, and it's just a bad situation for the Red Sox because they're kind of stuck. I mean, they're trying to contend, and they've got this one player holding that offense back, and it sucks for them, but other teams in the AL East aren't complaining too much. Yeah, it's also... In other sports, and I know baseball as well, you can kind of ignore the off-the-field issues if a player's playing well. And with Sandoval, it's always been you can ignore the weight issue if he's hitting well and he's, he's hitting balls over the fence. But at this point, he's overweight, not playing well, owed a lot of money. It might as well just, it's, it's time. Especially it's time at this point when it's become almost a negative storyline. I know that a lot of people say he's a solid teammate and a good guy in the clubhouse, but if you're that drawing that much negative attention, it might be just a good idea to cut ties and move on. Yep, and with how competitive they're trying to be right now, it's definitely a tough situation, but it'll be interesting to see how teams move at the trade deadline and what the Red Sox will do. Speaking of that trade deadline, though, the Detroit Tigers are in a very interesting position, sitting well under 500 in fourth place in the AL Central. They've got a ton of money on the books, an old roster, and a tough division to play in. It doesn't look like they're going to be making the playoffs this season, even if they make some kind of run. It's going to be a tough way to the World Series with the Astros and everybody else in that thick AL race in the way. Kevin, what do you think uh, the, the Tigers should do? And, I mean, will they sell? I think no matter what, they need to sell a little bit. Um, even if... You know, they're, they're right on the, the cusp of making the playoffs, uh, let's say in August. They have some valuable assets on their team, and they can definitely turn them around for some prospects. Uh, J.D. Martinez is one of those. He's been unstoppable since he came back from the injury. Um, but that, I wouldn't count out anyone. There's Justin Verlander, Ian Kinsler. I could see guys like that being dealt for, for a good package of prospects. Um, they definitely need to figure this out, too, because this is kind of a similar or similar 
situation that the Phillies had back in 2012. I know I like to talk about the Phillies a lot, my favorite team. But in 2012, they had all these older guys, a lot of cap, or they're a lot, a lot of older, expensive players, and they held on to them way too long. Their value went way down, and they didn't end up getting anything for them. Um, and it, it set the Phillies' rebuild back a couple years. And I'd hate to see that happen to the Tigers. So I think no matter what, they need to sell some. And if they're at, they're way out of it, I think you just need to have a fire sale out in Detroit. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think you probably got to lose a few guys. They obviously have a lot of, of weapons. But then Miguel Cabrera has been the guy there for so many years. He's batting two seventy two, which is somehow leading the team, which is quite awful there. But he's had a down year. I don't know if you kind of wait for him to maybe pick it up and you think that you can contend. But even if you do find a way to get back in the division race, you mentioned Houston and then the AL East. You got Boston and New York playing pretty well there. So, I mean, if they do make the playoffs, is there really a chance of them going far? Yeah, probably not. I mean, especially in order to go far in the playoffs, you need a deep rotation. And beyond Michael Fulmer, I mean, Verlander's been serviceable, but at the same time, he's no, he's not hasn't been Verlander. So this doesn't look like a team that could hang around in October baseball. But they do have the opportunity to kind of reverse some of these mistakes they've made. One mistake that they didn't make, though, was signing Justin Upton to the massive deal that he's on right now, owed $88.5 million through 2021 season, um, but they should deal him. While I think that he's going to be a great player over these next few years, he's just over 30, uh, owed a lot of money, but has been playing pretty well this year, they can get a very good package for him. He's one of those guys where it's not just going to be a salary dump when they deal him. He's actually got that potential. He's actually got that resume to warrant that kind of contract. So a team with a lot of salary space might be able to pick him up. Um, but I think the real the real steal uh, from the Detroit uh, roster is going to be Justin Wilson. Now he's picked up the closer role since K-Rod kind of lost that job and he's really frustrated about the fact that he's being used not in the closer role which is baffling considering his ERA is 6.66 right now but anyway Justin Wilson sits at 267 he's striking out guys at 13k per nine on the season just absolutely killing it him and Shane Green have been so valuable at the back end of the pen and he's under arbitration for next season so he wouldn't just be a rental they get two years whoever gets him will get two years out of him and there's a lot of teams looking for relief help you look at the Diamondbacks you look at the Nationals got teams that will definitely have some prospect packages to put together for him that's going to be a hot name coming up at the trade deadline and I absolutely expect the Tigers to deal him by then yeah you definitely see it with teams uh that fall out of the race that some of the first guys to go are the relievers, the closers, because you don't need to win games anymore if you're if you're giving up and you're deciding to sell. Uh, so you definitely see the closers, and in past in the last couple of years, you've seen some nice packages from the for the closers um, with how important it is to have a guy that's consistent at the end of the game. Yeah, it's been a little weird at the trade deadline recently because they added that second wild card team a lot of teams now see themselves as you know I can still hang in this because before there would be the three division winners obviously and maybe there's a tight division race but if one division had two powerhouses in it the rest of the, the that league was kind of just left in the dust you know they knew right within probably around now that they'd be uh, rebuilding and trying to deal at the deadline now you've got so many teams within that second wild card spot that it's 
more than half the league can realistically say, hey, I can make the playoffs. I don't know. I don't think I want to deal. So you kind of have to look at teams like the Tigers who have so many old contracts like they do and so many aging players that it's, they're just in that position where they need to start looking to rebuild. They need to add youth, and this is the way to do it. And between Justin Wilson, Verlander, Upton, Martinez, who's a rental, and Ian Kinsler, who has a $12 million team option for next season, those are five guys I absolutely think they're going to be dealing. And it should be pretty exciting for Detroit fans just to be able to look towards the future because these past few years have not been good. And the last time they made the playoffs, the bullpen was so bad it really didn't even matter. So they haven't had a, fielded a competitive team in a few years now, and they kind of need to just start looking towards the future. It, it doesn't have to be a full rebuild either. It can it can be dish out a couple players like the Uptons and a Wilson maybe and bring in some youth but still keep some talent on the roster and just revamp the roster for next season. Uh, but that, that they just have to swallow their pride and, and decide that this season's over. So uh, we'll see at what point at what point they decide to do that. They have enough veteran guys, like you were saying, that they probably could do a a minor rebuild there, get rid of a piece or two, and then add a few prospects and still keep some of those stars, keep the fans coming in, but also add prospects and build to the future, which would be a solid idea. Absolutely. You look at how the Giants did it a few years ago, where those three uh, World Series uh, seasons, you'll kind of forget that the two in between, where they didn't win it all, were pretty subpar seasons. But they used that opportunity to make some moves, add to their depth, and, I mean, you look what it did for them. This is a model that any team should look to go after. Even the Yankees did this last year. They, they, they kept a lot of their expensive contracts with older guys that were probably underperforming, but then they went out, you know, they got some prospects. They got rid of guys they really didn't need. They ended up getting a role as Chapman back anyways. Um, I just wanted to throw that example out there as well. They, another team that just revamped and was successful in doing so. Absolutely, and you look at them now with all those young guys. That Roldis Chapman trade, absolutely paying off for them. So it's pretty fun to see uh, teams bringing in the youth, as we mentioned earlier, and having them show up on the big stage like they are. Tigers could be that next team if they play their cards right. Now shifting gears over to the Marlins. They've had a pretty down year after losing Jose Fernandez uh, last season in the boating accident. Uh, that was so tragic. It's really taken a hit on this team. The pitching rotation has no depth. They have no star at the front anymore. It's kind of been more than eye-opening for their fans. You look at the attendance right now. The Nats are in Miami playing, and I've been looking at the crowd, and it hasn't really been respectable at all. So the, not surprising that Loria is considering selling the team, and guys like Derek Jeter and Mitt Romney or Mitt Romney's camp or whatever it is, they're in on this and trying to buy out the team. Now that that could mean a lot of things, you know. Some owners might come in and say, "Hey, full scale rebuild. Let's let's look towards the future." Others might say, "Hey, I, I want a World Series ring. Let's go for it." But with the roster that they have right now, it looks like they're going to start trying to rebuild, no matter who comes in. And so that means guys like Christian Yelich and Marcelo Zuna will definitely be on their way out. However, Giancarlo Stanton is owed $295 million through the 2028 season, including a $10 million buyout for 2028. Um, so do, can they deal him? Kevin, do you think that with so much money invested over so many years, is anyone really going to come calling? 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, like you said, like Bennett said earlier, he's like he's a mammoth. He hits balls a long way. People will help. It will help attendance with any other team. But like you said earlier, it's it's time for a Marlins rebuild. Uh, they have some cornerstones like JT Real Muto and Christian Yelich is under control through 2022. Ozuna is probably going to end up hitting the free market. Uh, Scott Boris usually likes his players to do that in 2019. But they have two cornerstone pieces. Unfortunately, they did lose Jose Fernandez this year, which has put the pitching rotation under. But I th- I think they're gonna they're gonna try their best to to deal Stanton. I mean, he's still young. The 295 is a lot, but after Harper and you know these other players get their their deal like Machado, the 295 will look a lot smaller. And I think no matter who the owner is, they're going to try to trade him because there'll there'll be takers out there. The pa- the package might be less, and they might have to eat a little bit of money. But he's still young. He's got a ton of power. He definitely brings people to the ballpark. Why would you not want to trade for him? Yeah, Stanton would be a, a good addition for a lot of teams. And if the Marlins do do a rebuild, I think they should consider rebuilding that stadium, which is just a joke. The amount of like weird attractions they have in that thing is just absurd. But I could see them getting rid getting rid of Stanton, adding some some depth there, doing a different few different things there. They have been hitting the ball all right. They got a few guys. I think it's three with eighteen homers, which is respectable. But you guys mentioned the pitching staff is just garbage. So really, anything you can do to add pitching is a solid idea. Yes, that art sculpture out in center field is one of my all-time favorite attractions at a baseball stadium. I don't know what you're talking about, Bennett. <laughs> but um, one player that a lot of people don't talk about is Justin Bohr, uh, who's having a career year this year, hitting 307, OPS plus of 161, pretty criminally underrated if you ask me. Um, he's absolutely raking against the Nats. He just hit a grand slam yesterday um, in that wild comeback they had. So he's been a cornerstone of that offense, and you know when he's missing. So I expect him to be on that open market, too, if they do decide to start selling, which, I mean, in the NL East, that's right now it's the national show. But you you look in the next few years, and you've got the Braves with a super young roster. Phillies who are in full rebuild mode. They've got J.P. Crawford coming up in a little bit, who I think is going to be a stud, Um, and not to mention the rest of the cast that they have there already on the team. So... Looking into the next few years, it doesn't look like there's a lot of room for teams to kind of squeak by into the playoffs. I mean, the Nationals' window isn't closing just yet. So a rebuild that maybe takes two, three, four seasons might not be the worst thing in the world. It, it also depends when they end up selling the team as well. Uh, if, it, if it happens mid-season, you know, maybe before the trade deadline, which probably won't happen, but if it does, um, then they'll, they'll be more likely to, to trade these guys. Um, but if it ha- comes after the season... Then the offseason, you know, they might look into adding pieces instead of rebuilding. Um, but I like what Bennett said about the stadium, that it's probably the worst stadium in baseball, even though they tried to make it, like, the best one. With the aquarium behind home plate, it actually cracked the other night, which was bad. And then I liked what, Matt, I like what you said about Justin Bohr. He's been terrific. He could be one of the, the biggest all-star snubs in the National League. Uh, they were talking about that, uh, our MLB Central this morning how he's not getting enough votes. He's he's close, but he's not there yet. And the injury definitely hurt his numbers a little bit. But, uh, yeah, the the Marlins could go two different directions, but I, I'm leaning towards the rebuild. Yeah, and Matt, you mentioned the NL East race. Between that and the AL West, get your popcorn out because those are going to be fun finishes, really intense battles there. 
Oh yeah, with four teams under 500 in the NL East, I can't wait to see the fireworks that the Phillies and Braves are going to be providing in October. Uh, <laughs> but Bennett, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been a blast having you, Kevin and I. You are always welcome to join us anytime you want. Uh, don't forget, listeners, my name is Matt Wyrick. Follow me on Twitter at Matt Talk Sports. My co-host, Kevin Haswell. Follow him at Kevin R. Haswell. And Bennett has one as well. Bennett, is it just Bennett Conlon? I think so. I've changed it like eight times. I don't remember the handle at this point. It's not a big deal, though. As straight as it goes. Well, until next time, everyone, thank you for listening and have a good one. Have a good one, guys.